Welcome to the seventh episode of FX Cast. My name is Peng. I'm the marketing lead at Function X. Today we have a very special topic. We'll be chatting about privacy in Cosmos with Alex from Secret Labs and Carter from Shape Protocol. Welcome to FX Cast, everyone. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, so, so happy to have you both. And thanks again, Carter, for joining us for a second time. Yeah, so just to quickly kick off, maybe for our listeners who might not be familiar with Secret Network and Shade Protocol, could you just briefly introduce yourself, what you do, and your project? Uh, cool, so I'll start as a newcomer. So my name is Alex. Uh, I joined Secret Labs as CEO in August last year. Alex, you want to kick us off here since we're built on top of you guys? <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you guys hear me well? Yeah, yes, I can. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so so as I said, I joined uh, Secret Labs as a CEO, and Secret Labs is actually the is development... Alex team. breaking up on us here? Test, test, test. Uh, oh, um, Carter, we, we can hear Alex fine. Okay, Twitter space is glitching on me then. I can't hear Alex, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave and I will rejoin and hopefully that yeah. helps. Actually, lately Twitter spaces has a lot of like sound problems. I'm at home with a gigabit connection and there's still some issues. But um, anyway, so, uh, so Secret Network uh, is uh, a relatively unique blockchain. It's, it's a confidential computing blockchain. Uh, we're a layer one inside a Cosmos ecosystem. Um, and the unique thing is that all of our execution layer, uh, all the smart contract execution is running uh, inside a secure enclave, which is a hardware-based uh, black box uh, sitting inside uh, a lot of Intel processors. And what this black box does, it actually has its own pair of keys, its own like uh, capability to encrypt and decrypt things. And that lets uh, our system send encrypted inputs into the black box. And then the black box, the enclave actually executes the calculations and produces the results. And nobody can see the encrypted inputs and the encrypted outputs uh, and the encrypted state of the smart contracts, uh, except for the black box itself, which sits inside the Intel processor and is not accessible to, to anyone, not even to the administrator of the machine, uh, not to Intel, not to anyone. Uh, so, and that allows a lot, of, a lot of very, very interesting use cases, which we'll talk about. Uh, but for now, uh, Secret is probably the oldest confidential smart contract blockchain out there. We've been running uh, for over three years now, home to a lot of applications, uh, a lot of uh, activity on the network. And uh, I'll pass it to Carter, who is actually representing Shade, one of the more important apps uh, on, uh, on Secret. Thanks for the rundown, Alex. Uh, Carter Wetzel here from Shape Protocol. Um, been in this space really since 2017 to 2020. Uh, spent time researching and actually writing a book on cryptocurrencies. And during that three years, it became extremely apparent that decentralized finance was lacking privacy. Um, it was it was lacking 
the ability to consent what can and can't be seen in terms of your data. Um, there was massive problems emerging with minor extractable value with front running, um, with leverage products. You have millions and millions of dollars, billions of dollars in, in leverage that are totally naked and visible that, that people can chase that leverage and try to cause liquidations. Um, and how, how are we going to bring institutions uh, on chain when everything is totally transparent? It's a, it's a very PVP environment. And so our thesis has always been that privacy is fair. It doesn't care if you have $1 or if you have a billion dollars. Um, that encryption is going to protect your, your data and your DeFi activity the same. And so we set out in 2021 to build that privacy preserving DeFi that we thought was going to be the future. And Secret Network was the only place uh, where you could, you know, you, you, we had the freedom as programmers and builders to build these primitives that protected our users. So we, we've built for over two years on top of Secret Network. We've launched a decentralized exchange, a privacy preserving stable coin. Um, one of the world's first private liquid staking tokens. We have a privacy preserving money market on the way we have this whole privacy preserving DeFi ecosystem that's merged and it's all powered by secret network awesome and i remember carter if i've done my research correctly you used to work at secret uh network as a marketing and community manager correct yeah so i it was it was it was grassroots um used to work as the education committee lead at secret network i helped actually write the secret network gray paper um, which got noticed by the court team so i got an invitation to join the foundation worked there for just over a year and then it became apparent that the biggest value add i could bring to the network was to go build decentralized applications and continue to create value there so yeah i've, I've been embedded in this ecosystem for three four years and i've loved every second of it that's great. And just to set the context, this might be a very obvious question, but why is privacy important? Alex, do you want to go first? Yeah, yeah, and sure. I, um, yeah. Well, uh, it's actually, a, it, it, you can make a very, very long uh, philosophical discussions about privacy, you know, privacy being a very, very basic human rights. So maybe let's start with some common misconceptions about privacy, right? So there are people, maybe even some of the listeners here who think, well, you know, I'm a good person, I'm not breaking, I'm not doing anything wrong. So um, I don't care, I don't need too much privacy, right? But then if you think of it a little bit more and think if you really want to publish your, and, and I'm even talking about financial privacy, not, you know, other kinds of privacy, but personal things, but I'm just talking about financial privacy. So, so, and even people who think that, well, I'm, I'm a good guy, I don't do anything wrong, uh, just, you know, making my living and this, but, but if you could just imagine your, all your credit card, you know, details, uh, bills, sorry, like the, the, the list of all your purchases and also how much money you're making uh, being published on the internet for anyone to, to, to look at and to criticize and to make fun of and to ask questions about, that's kind of a nightmare, right? Because then people can start, oh, you're buying too much sweets. Oh, you're making too too much or too little money or you're not spending your money right or and all kinds of things, right? It just, just doesn't happen, right? We as human beings, uh, we want our financial things to be visible to, to us and maybe to others who we trust, but not to just everyone else uh, on, uh, on the internet. Now, that's... That's very clear on a personal level, but now, now think about a business, right? So if on a personal level, it's maybe a nuisance that your finances are visible or it's, uh, it, it, it's uh, not pleasant. For a business, it can be just detrimental and, and terrible because imagine a business whose accounting is out there in every little detail, whose uh, employees know exactly how each one of them is making whose suppliers know how exactly uh, the other suppliers are 
uh, are getting paid and whose competitors know exactly what's going on with this. Such business cannot exist really for a very long time, right? It will just get ruined very quickly. So uh, that's why essentially we need uh, financial privacy. And now, uh, now Carter started talking about DeFi, uh, which which is a very, very practical application of blockchain technology and, and, and a wonderful, wonderful technology, right? If you think of it, DeFi is essentially the biggest single application of the smart contract uh, technologies. Uh, and you can build real businesses on DeFi, right? Shade is an exchange, right? The same way as NASDAQ is an exchange, right? And while NASDAQ requires, you know, thousands of employees, Shade actually is a bunch of smart contracts running on chain. And even if Carter and his team tomorrow decide, you know, to do something else, the smart contracts are there. But and, and that's just to say that I wanted to pass it to Carter and elaborate on the point he already made about institutional trading uh, and why privacy is needed, not just broadly in a broad business environment as I that I described or personal environments I described but specifically in DeFi uh, application and in DeFi, which is one of the primary applications of the blockchain technology for now. Absolutely. And before I, before I kind of laser in on the DeFi side of things, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of say at a high level that privacy is a key form of security. Uh, and just like Alex was saying, you know, for me personally, I was actually... Um, pretty pretty embedded in the the Terra ecosystem pre collapse, um, and that that whole ecosystem was built around like a decentralized world needs a decentralized stablecoin, and as we saw a lot of use cases and builders kind of flock to that ecosystem, it was all built around a totally transparent stablecoin. Um, but if we're gonna bring you know crypto to everyday commerce and have our transactions tied to our real world identities, it becomes a legitimate security risk. Um, every time I buy something, someone could correlate that transaction with a block explorer and suddenly everyone knows this person has a bunch of money, right? Like that's, that's a legitimate um, security risk. And, and just like Alex said, on the commerce side of things, um, it is having your competitors be able to see when who who the customers are when they bought the product for how much they bought the product and my competitor's balance sheet like it's totally like a non-starter so much value has not been brought on chain because these data protections and this confidential computing uh, does not exist in a mature and accessible way but secret network secret network fundamentally is changing that right um so to kind of zoom in separate from the security and the sovereignty and the consent uh, component and the freedom component, you know, separate from all those philosophical and also very real tangible values, you have decentralized finance. Um, and if I'm an institution and I'm looking at crypto right now and I want to bring 200 million, let's, let's say $200 million on chain. You try to do that on Ethereum right now. Let's say uh, MakerDAO or GMX, as an institution, I know the whole world is watching my, you know, $200 million position. That's, that's insanity. The amount of risk I'm taking on within that totally transparent environment is extremely, it's extremely dangerous. And then for the smaller user, it's this very strange asymmetric world when you're on a totally transparent blockchain. Because um, you have all these programmatic actors parsing through the mempool. So when Bob goes to Uniswap to buy a token, someone knows that because they can see everything and, and they can they can front run you. They can they can buy the asset and sell the asset to you before you have a chance to do anything because you're not you're not a programmatic user. You you don't know how to deal with that kind of value extraction. So it's just the, this type of asymmetric world that transparency creates it, it hurts retail and it scares off institutions because there's just so much money and so much leverage at stake you bring those apps you bring that world of decentralized finance to secret network you have those protections 
the money can come in. And then the cool part too is there's these powerful decryption primitives where if an auditor wants to come along and look at those transactions, we have the tools for you to be able to decrypt that and hand it off to them. Very well said, Carter. So for, so for Alex, we know that Secret Network is a smart contract layer one platform. And one of the key features that you guys have is a very special type of smart contract called secret contract. Could you explain what secret contracts are and how they work? Um, okay, sure. Uh, so so I, I think you're just referring to, to, to contracts on secret network, right? So, uh, so again, secret network is a smart, smart contract blockchain where anyone can develop smart contracts. And smart contract development techniques and technology is very similar to other Cosmos chains. Okay, um, so you just use you create your contracts in in the Rust programming language, uh, and you run them. But what you get on secret is because this enclave, uh, or in, uh, another name for the enclave, is the trusted execution environment. Because of this trusted execution environment, TEE technology. Uh, the contract runs inside this black box and nobody can see its state. And by state, I explain, uh, let's think about a, a, a pool, let's say an, an AMM pool uh, or, or, or you know what, a token like ERC-20, right? That's a good example. So on Ethereum, if you look at an ERC-20 token contract, you can get all the data about all the people who are holding all the addresses that are holding the token and how much they're holding. Okay, so on Secret Network, we have exactly the same kind of uh, technology similar to ERC-20, it's called SNP-20. Uh, the only difference being that nobody can see uh, who is holding what. Uh, okay, and the same goes for any other contracts. You can imagine uh, use cases like confidential voting, like auctions with sealed beads, like confidential order books uh, or confidential lending positions. Uh, that all would work in a very similar fashion than on any other blockchain with the one main difference. It's all inside a black box and nobody can peek in and see your positions, your stuff, your holdings, your votes, your anything. And um, I want to say here uh, about a very important distinction that I like to make, and it's uh, the distinction between transactional privacy and computational privacy. Uh, transactional privacy is about passing money from one person to the other. And people thought about that a long time ago, as, as early as 2014, when Monero appeared, and then Zcash, and then others. And then I was also CEO of Beam, which is also a, originally a transactional privacy blockchain. Uh, so transactional privacy is about me sending funds to somebody else and nobody being able to detect this. Okay, or, or to see, or to, and also not to know how much money I have. So that's, that's transactional privacy. Secrets main thing is computational privacy. And that's what I was just talking about. It's the way to have some computations on blockchain, run some smart contracts on the blockchain in such a way that the smart contract state is, uh, and the parameters uh, are, are confidential. And I think today transactional privacy, there are several solutions out there, you know, Monero being, uh, I think the biggest by market cap. Uh, but this, I think transactional privacy has kind of limited appeal. And computational privacy, I believe, is really the next frontier and the next thing that will drive this crypto economy and bring real uh, institutional users onto those platforms and make, and, and then with them, uh, other people will come as well. So secret contracts uh, are actually... Uh, an example of this computation privacy technology that is robust and that is also uh, relatively simple for developers to grasp because you don't have to learn some arcane math and some very, very complicated things like you do with uh, zero knowledge proofs 
and in a way with them with mpc uh but you just write your contract and almost magically everything that happens inside becomes invisible and and that's why i believe uh that the trust execution environment technology and secret network um, has a very important role in the future of web3 yeah very well said and going to you carter um, I know that Shape Protocol has a whole suite of different products, but one of the core products that you guys have is the Silk Stablecoin, which is a privacy-preserving stablecoin. Could you explain to our listeners you know, what Silk Stablecoin is and the goal and the eventual goal of the stablecoin? Absolutely. It's, that's, a, that's a big question. So uh, the majority of the stablecoin environment in crypto has focused on pegging stable coins to the US dollar. Um, and as our as our team kind of examined the stable coin landscape three years ago, we kind of paused and from a first principle standpoint said, what what is this what's like what's the industry doing here? We we have the opportunity to make new, better forms of money and yet over and over and over again, these decentralized ecosystems are pegging to the dollar and being very reliant on that country and, and representation of value. Um, now, like granted, like the US dollar, it's, it has great properties and great adoption. So I'm not saying we don't need any um, USD liquidity, but we wanted to build something even better and more stable than the US dollar, which is a very bold claim. And so what we what we set out to do is make an over collateralized stablecoin that uses the kind of MakerDAO um, model that's tracking a diversified peg. So Silk is not pegged to the U.S. dollar. It's actually tracking um, the Canadian dollar, the euro, the yen, gold, Bitcoin, and USD. And so the net result of holding silk is you're not, the thing is when you hold US dollars, you don't realize it, but you're, you're actually taking a kind of, you're, you're, you're taking a, in kind of like an investment decision. It's, it's like the US economy versus everything else in the world versus when you hold silk, you're holding this diversified basket that represents the whole global economy. Um, and so when silk initially launched, it was pegged to a dollar and five cents. And in almost over the course of the last year, it has um, appreciated in value up to a dollar and nine cents. So it has outperformed the dollar. It's inflation uh, resistant and volatility resistant, and it's over collateralized. And then from a first principle standpoint, even better than just having this diversified peg and this over collateralized component, we also have privacy. It's one of the world's first privacy-preserving stablecoins. So we've, it, it's, it's a truly remarkable thing that Silk exists today and is on mainnet, is on Secret Network. Uh, there's 3.6 million Silk uh, in circulation right now, uh, and it continues to steadily grow as we roll out more and more DeFi primitives and demand centers for Silk. Could you share with us uh, uh, where primarily Silk Stablecoin is being used right now? And what are your uh, ongoing plans to encourage adoption of the, the stablecoin? Absolutely. So right now, the majority of Silk usage exists on ShadeSwap. Uh, so a lot of people like to you know, trade to Silk, and then if they like another cryptocurrency, uh, and they want to get out of a stable position, hold a volatile position, uh, they, they can do that on ShadeSwap with a lot of the liquidity pools there that have Silk pairings. But we've always said, if you want for a stable coin to really be used and leveraged, you have to start to get it integrated into commerce. That's a, it's a huge vertical that I think we're going to be seeing more and more of, is not just DeFi, but, but commerce, real-world usage. Um, and so we've partnered with Finna, which is this 
privacy-preserving debit card uh, that's totally self-custodial that's being launched on Seeker Network. And Finna debit cards are specifically going to have support for Silk. So imagine when you're yield farming and on on Seeker Network in this Shape Protocol DeFi ecosystem, imagine converting your Silk to yield, loading a debit card up, and then going to the grocery store and actually buying things with a card that has Silk on it. That's that's going to be coming like in the next two two months. We're super super close to that. It's and and the Finna debit card is going to be integrated in the Shape Protocol suite. So that's. That's one side of things, debit card adoption, real-world usage. The other category is going to be lending and borrowing. Um, ShadeSwap, all the trading there, that, that's seeing great usage. Um, but money markets will essentially allow people to you know, deposit silk into this money market and then with privacy, borrow things like Bitcoin, borrow things like Atom, borrow things like uh, Ethereum. and once we kind of launch that, we have all the key DeFi verbs, right? You can move it, you can trade it, you can lend it, you can borrow it, you can spend it. Um, and, and we've been spent, this is like year three of building out all these key verbs to create an economy that makes Silk actually useful. And then once we've done that, we're going to be much more aggressive about pushing Silk out into the Cosmos ecosystem, into the Ethereum ecosystems, because all the building blocks are ready to go on Seeker Network to scale with privacy. Yeah, I just want to add that uh, I think Silk is really awesome, uh, and not just because you know we're here, but because stable coins are stable coins in general are probably one of the key, more important elements of our ecosystem, right? Because with stable coins, people can really do commerce, they can do accounting, they can pay salaries, they can do a lot of stuff. But today, stable coins are, well, the biggest ones uh, and, and the smaller ones, they are not confidential, which again, is the same problem, right? Again, a business paying salaries to, to employees in stablecoin has a problem because all the employees can know how the next guy, how much the next guy is making, and this is not really well, and, and all the other problems. So we do need uh, we do need privacy in stablecoins, and uh, also today those U.S. dollar pegged stablecoins are getting under more and more uh, attacks from governments with demands to censor transactions it may be good to a certain extent you know when they're censoring some some thieves or hackers but we never know where the government appetites stop actually we know they don't really stop they just grow and grow and grow and you know maybe at some point people who think wrongly uh or say some things that the government doesn't like will not be able to use usdc or you know, USDT is also kind of slowly caving in into this pressure. So, so it is important to have like a confidential uh, way, confidential stablecoin. And I also like uh, what Carter just described: this kind of diversification of assets, which I know uh, kind of from from the inside that is done in a very, uh, I would say, conservative way. Carter would be like, or, or, or risk averse way. Uh, and that's one of the things that Shade is. To me, at least, is characterized by. I mean, they're very, very serious and very meticulous about you know calculating risks and making sure they're not too risky in any way. So, so this idea of having a multi-collateralized uh, and over-collateralized stablecoin, which is not only reliant on dollar but in multiple coins, it makes it more resilient uh, and also less uh, less susceptible to attacks by a specific. Uh, you know, government or or banks or whatever. So it's 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 a very cool uh, building block for the Web three economy, and it it continues to grow, which is great. Yeah, very well said. And given that Alex just mentioned government regulation, could you both share your like how, how do you guys plan to navigate regulation when it comes to privacy tech in crypto? I mean, we have all seen what's happened to Tornado Cash, yeah. for example. 
So uh, I can start. So actually, uh, from the get-go, uh, Secret Network has built-in opt-in auditability features, and that's you know that's a mouthful. But what I mean is that you know when I transact in Silk, nobody sees how much Silk I got or who am I sending it to or how much I'm sending it to. But I can generate what's called a viewing key. And I can give that key to my accountant or to the taxman or to anyone I choose to. And then they can see all my transactions. And then, you know, they can, you know, make me pay taxes or whatever, right? So, so there is this built-in auditability, uh, which is actually exactly mimicking the real uh, world, right? Because, you know, those of us who supply their tax uh, reports, they supply... They disclose information to the authorities like once a year or whatever your government requires. And the same thing is available and is being done uh, by users of Silk, right? Uh, so in this way, you know, we can fend off any attacks on, uh, you know, and saying that, you know, this is something for, for bad people. No, this is something for people who value their financial privacy but people who can and do provide reporting to the government. So I think actually the system that we have here is the system that is ideal for both businesses and, and for compliance. Uh, it, it might take time for the government agencies to kind of come to terms with uh, a confidential blockchain, but I think it's kind of slowly happening right so people start you know people start to realize that well yeah we understand it's confidential uh but here we get those viewing keys uh for that particular wallet and then we can validate that the person is really disclosing uh everything that they did and then we can you know do our thing we can you know charge taxes or do whatever whatever is needed so the compliance is there in the secret network it's not uh it's not fully transparent as uh, as you see in a bitcoin where anyone can just check you without you even knowing that they're checking you uh so so i feel pretty good uh about secrets uh position in this uh regulatory world uh by the way and it's also an important thing about secret network the secret coin itself is not confidential okay it's it's like it's the, the gas token for the blockchain it powers the whole thing but the coin itself is not a confidential coin it's you know in, in that re regard it's same as uh you know your atom token or any other token on on the cosmos networks and we did have and we did get some questions from uh you know larger exchanges who you have you have, might have heard who are now trying to delist all the privacy coins and we were able to clearly explain uh, what I just explained here to all those big exchanges, and they understood our position. And you know, as you can see, we're listed still on uh, most of the major exchanges, and there is no uh, compliance regulation issue whatsoever. Yeah, cut it okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in here. That was a great, really thorough rundown by Alex. Um, I guess, I guess, what I'll add is like a little personal anecdote um, and the opportunity to kind of go to a privacy summit uh, in Washington D.C. Actually, go to Capitol Hill, and the world is, of course, more than just the United States. So this anecdotal story is kind of specifically for the U.S. Um, was able to talk with people at Electric Coin. Uh, kind of electric coin company with Zcash and actually talk to various regulators and politicians in person about the value of privacy. Uh, and I actually think it's 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 more optimistic uh, than people than people think. There's there's a lot of people there that know that this kind of interoperable um, fluid financial ecosystem that is you know decentralized finance and blockchain is absolutely um, the future. And the data privacy is something that most of them also understand is something that's key for commerce and absolutely needs to you know, get integrated into crypto. Um, so I think 10 years from now, 
data privacy for for smart contracts where there is specifically kind of a, an opt-in opt-out for for decryption and encryption i think that's actually going to be enforced like that that https in the upper left hand corner of your your web browser like i think that eventually crypto is going to have kind of like an equivalent expectation around data privacy but but in the interim the largest risk that you'll hear is about national um, security interests, right? They're they're worried about kind of the illicit cross-border payments. They're worried about you know terrorist organizations. They have they have all these different kind of like national security interests that are quoted, um, and it becomes a really interesting and difficult philosophical conversation. And it's 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 one that we've kind of all collectively agreed to on the internet. Um, with, with the internet, we've there are really bad things that happen on the permissionless World Wide Web of information. There, there are terrible things that happen on the internet, and yet as a society, we've collectively said that the value of permissionless and globally connected information is a net positive to a society, and so we've embraced the internet despite the fact that it can be misused. Um, every attribute that offers up powerful protections is the same thing that can be abused for bad things. And in a similar sense, like data privacy and protected confidential decentralized finance, um, it's that same paradigm. As a collective society, are we going to say that the value of permissionless, sovereign, censorship resistant money in finance is is that more important and more valuable collectively to the world than the negative trade-offs and the negative ways that that money will be used and that that is the crux of the decision and i think there is a enough freedom loving people in the world and maybe this is me being overly optimistic but i think over the course of time those attributes they win out because innovation wins people want the better form of money the better form of finance so it leaves me incredibly optimistic and secret networks technology is designed for that paradigm a decade before it becomes the expectation this is the place that saw that vision this is the place where the builders get that vision and I think we're going to see the fruits of that labor pay off over the course of the coming years. Yeah, very well said. Um, really looking forward to a future where privacy in crypto is by default and widely accepted by even mainstream politicians. I, I want to quickly get to the other products and services offered by Secret Network and also by Shade Protocol. I think for Alex, one of the interesting things that Secret Network has is privacy as a service in which secret networks able to export private computation to other oh. layer one chains. Could you roughly talk about that? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So this, uh, this thing is actually one of, the core, uh, one of the cornerstones of our strategy for the coming couple of years at least. And the idea is, the, uh, is as, follow, uh, as follows. Uh, we have a lot of uh, a lot of blockchains out there, right? We have Ethereum, we have Polygon, we have Solana, we have all kinds of L2s, we have tons of blockchains, and there's a lot of activity going on there, right? But most of those blockchains, they lack uh, confidential computing features, right? So you cannot do a confidential order book on Ethereum. There are billions of dollars traded, but you cannot do a confidential order book or a confidential lending protocol. You just cannot do that right now. So what we thought was a good idea was to position Secret as a confidential execution layer for all of Web3. And actually, this privacy as a service uh, uh, idea is about offering developers on other blockchains, offering them ways to create applications that have privacy. Okay, and we're actively working on developing that. We're developing this, uh, we call it the EVM developer toolkit uh, that has a lot of different examples, like how can you encrypt something on the blockchain using secret network? 
because right, on Ethereum on its own, you cannot encrypt anything because there's no way to, to place key right on chain. Uh, and with secret, you can do that. So we have examples like confidential voting. We will have examples like, uh, but sorry, but confidential voting, I mean, let's say we all here vote for some proposition, yes or no, but there is no way to know who voted which way, right? And this is this is very important in a lot of different voting scenarios, right? Uh, because you don't want people to attack you because of the way you voted, so you want it to be private. Uh, so, so in privacy as a service, we're literally offering developers on other blockchains. We're starting with EVM, but we will move to Solana and others later on. But we're offering them uh, little building blocks, or not so little building blocks, which allow them to extend their applications or build new kinds of applications uh, that are privacy enabled. Uh, for example, uh, another example, you know, confidential NFTs, right? Today, I know, and actually we have just granted a project called PageDAO uh, to do that. So they, uh, they are developing NFTs for authors, right? So people publish their books and you can buy the NFT. But today in their product, the contents of the book is out there on the blockchain. So whether I buy the NFT or I don't, I can still read the book. So the book is because I can just just without even buying the NFT, I can connect to the blockchain and see the contents of the NFT and read the book. So with with secret, the contents of the NFT can and is confidential. So the NFT itself can live on Ethereum, but the associated content can live uh, on uh, on secret and be encrypted. And that opens up a lot of use cases like paying for watching videos, paying for reading books, paying for consuming content and not being able to, to consume it for free. So this is another very important use case. So, so this is about privacy as a service, right? This is about offering those building blocks, developer toolkits for people elsewhere on other blockchains to to build uh, to build privacy aware applications, and I think Secret's mission in this world is really to be specialized in privacy, have a set of privacy uh, privacy focused apps like Shade, like Stash, like many others uh, on our chain, but also to export those privacy features to others because not all of the apps need to be private, confidential all the time. They might need just a, a little tiny feature. Maybe a DAO just needs this voting component to be private. And all the rest, they're just fine being fully transparent. So that's that's our move. And it starts to bring results. We see people you know, very interesting in that, interested in that. And the first project starting to build on top of that. And we'll see much more of that in 2024. Awesome. And for Carter, could you just quickly explain the two other products that Shade Protocol has, which are the privacy-preserving liquid-staking derivative as well as Shade Bonds? So liquid-staking liquid is really interesting. Um, right now in crypto, you have to make the choice between do I lock up my crypto um, or do I go like DeFi, you know, yield farm somewhere else. And the cool part about liquid staking tokens is you essentially get to stake your assets and then get a kind of liquid fungible representation of that stake position that you can then go use in DeFi. Uh, and that liquid stake token is passively earning yield from staking while also being usable uh, in, in, in decentralized finance as, as collateral to mint out stable coins or to borrow against. So it's, it's a really powerful financial primitive. Um, and Stake Secret, it's STKD-Secret, which was launched by Shape Protocol, uh, is a privacy-preserving liquid staking token, which people, which means people don't know how much of the staked position uh, you own. So you, you can privately uh, acquire and accrue a staking position without revealing that to the world. And, we, and where we see that being important is, this kind of goes back to uh, the trading strategy paradigm. Uh, imagine you're on Ethereum, and you have a specific trading strategy um, where you have this whole portfolio of 20 plus assets. And let's say it's generating a really good, you know, it's a really good yield strategy. It's creating a bunch of return, um, but the whole world can see it. So people can copycat trade you. 
And when people copycat trade you, then kind of your alpha, your asymmetry you've created with your kind of creative um, financial expression and strategy, that, that creativity gets kind of diminished because of that total transparency. So we view private liquid staking tokens as being part of kind of a broader category of being able to privately create yield-bearing strategies that are unique to you. And it's also kind of tied to protecting your the governance side of things. Maybe you want to take a very large position in the network kind of governance um, without the whole world kind of being aware of those precise details. So that's on the private liquid staking token side. Uh, we also have the world's first privacy-preserving kind of bonds. Um, essentially, protocols can sell their governance token for other assets. Uh, and that whole process, that whole exchange is kept private. That's a super strong primitive. Uh, I think we already mentioned ShadeSwap. We already mentioned Silk. Um, we have the bridge page, which is uh, essentially connects to all of IBC, also connects to Ethereum. And people can bridge in their transparent tokens and then on this bridge page, they get wrapped into their privacy preserving equivalent using that secret network technology. So that's kind of the rundown of the, the rest of the primitives. Awesome. And for both of you, Alex and Carter, could you share with us, where do you see secret network and shader protocol in the next, let's say three to five years? Like what's your vision, what's your long-term vision for, for secret and shade? Uh, how about we do it the other way around, where uh, I'll say where I see Shade, and Carter will say about Secret, I guess, it can make it fun. So, Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> so I see Shade definitely in the list of, like, top 10 or maybe top 20 DEXs in the world, uh, because the technology is great confidential computing and the understanding of the need for that is gaining track and people will start appreciating it more and more. And and the and all the primitives are there, right? So Shade is actually, you know, a, a one-stop shop for, for all the DeFi needs. And uh, Shade is actually applying and even improving on some of the more advanced DeFi technologies like StableSwap and others. So uh, I think that is the way, right? I, I think it would be too ambitious to say, oh, Shade will be number one. Maybe not, but I think uh, a place in, in those top, top DEXs out there is something that is very reasonable with all the dedication and with this unique advantage that Shade has over uh over most of the other dexes right if not all of them right it, it's one of the very few uh dexes that have you know any confidential features and, and shade has you know this full confidentiality so it's it, it's pretty cool and the product is very solid and is developed is being developed very actively so i mean the future is bright that's my take love it love it love it i, I will now return the favor um look i i've been here since 2020 so we're, we're going on four years just kind of wild i that's a lot of years that have gone by but one one thing has held true through these last four years which is that there's we're headed towards a tipping point uh secret network has been building and building and building the the tooling Every year, it gets easier and easier for developers to come in and build these applications. The community becomes increasingly you know, mature in, in their understanding of, of the philosophy behind Seeker Network and its values. Um, and I think the broader industry, uh, as time goes on, the problems of total transparency are becoming increasingly harder to ignore. And so you'll actually see this on the venture capital side. You'll, you'll see venture capital seeding and spending, you know, millions and millions of dollars of investing into new privacy technologies. But meanwhile, Seeker Network quietly in the background for four years has been grinding away because 
this <laughs> it's technically even older than 2020. Um, so all of this experience, all of this wisdom of the village of, of building an amazing layer one technology that can export private compute, that can also support native decentralized applications that range anywhere from, you know, medical data uh, to DeFi to NFTs and entertainment to access controls to trading strategies. I mean, and to auctions, there's, there's just this everything in crypto can benefit from confidentiality there's there's so many use cases where that's the case and and so three to five years from now my prediction would be um the inflection point comes where dapp developers realize that if you don't adopt confidential computing into your decentralized applications you're actually operating at a competitive disadvantage privacy becomes the standard that users say wait why don't this is an this is a non-privacy preserving DAF. Like, why would I use that thing? That's that's old fashioned. That's old school. Privacy is new school. Encryption is new school. Um, and so then there would be hundreds of decentralized applications thriving on seeker network. It becomes an Ethereum level titan uh, in terms of the amount of developer adoption, not just natively on itself, but all the other massive layer ones that have all this institutional support. They start to point to, ah, we'll only use your DAP if you have, if you're using privacy as a service. And Secret Network will be the largest exporter of private compute in all of Web3. Uh, it's going to have a massive outsized impact because that is what happens when you spend, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, however many years it's going to take. Secret Network keeps building and building and building, getting a little bit better every day. It's had conviction. Through every step of the journey, it's not just a, oh, we got funded, we built for two years and disappeared. No, the people here have conviction, they have the work ethic, and it's going to pay off. Wow. Thank you, Carter. It's, uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. You know, so. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's really moving to hear. And Carter, I also want to take this opportunity to congratulate you for accepting the invitation to join the strategic committee at Atom Accelerator. I think uh, this is also, yeah, I think, I think uh, it's also relevant to ask, what is it about Cosmos that continues to excite you? Maybe we can start with Alex. Like, wh why did Secret Network choose to build in Cosmos in the first place? And what about Cosmos remains exciting for you? Well, so as I mentioned, I joined uh, relatively late when, when the, the basis was, was already built. So the choice of Cosmos was made before me. Uh, but, uh, you know, I have some development background. I used to work as a developer. I'm still coding now here and there. And uh, I have had experience with other blockchains like, you know, Ethereum and also the Beam blockchain, which has its own protocol. And what I really loved about Cosmos when I started playing with it and I started playing with this Ignite uh, toolkit, what, what I loved was how easy Cosmos makes it to build things, to build new blockchains, to build. So, so you actually, it's this platform, you know, now everybody's talking about the modular blockchains out there, you know, with data availability and execution and consensus layers. So Cosmos is essentially built like this modular blockchain so you can really easily mix and match things and that's why we have i think about 200 uh, blockchains uh built on cosmos because it's just so easy to take uh you know all those cosmos modules and just change what you want to specialize in and for secret actually secret took to the cosmos uh uh code base and we're using the Cosmos consensus and we're using this inter-blockchain communication modules and a lot of other stuff, which maybe is even too technical for my understanding, but we just built our, like our contribution was this execution layer, which we built uh, based on this trusted execution environment. So I love Cosmos technology for this great modularity and for the ease of mixing and matching to create your new blockchains. I mean, in Cosmos, you create blockchains like in other uh, systems or ecosystems, you create applications. So, so it, it's very easy and, and intuitive. So it's, it's really very cool. Uh, that's on the technology side. And, and there is also the human side, uh, right? Uh, 
And there was this very nice, I think, bankless podcast with Mike Polito, who said that, you know, Ethereum is for philosophers, Solana is more for engineers or kind of cold, uh, cold engineers, and Cosmos is for tinkerers. And I really love that. And, and the, the Cosmos community, and, you know, I'm mostly exposed to secret communities who are talking to Cosmos people as well. Uh, somehow the culture is very active, very passionate, and very, let's build things. Uh, let's let's try things. Let's play with things. So it's really the stinker mentality, which I think is, uh, uh, and it suits me as well. I mean, I, I, I like it. So while on Ethereum, some change might take three years, or on Bitcoin, it may take five years, and people would argue about some, some things, and they have their great reasons. Well, that I'm not saying it's bad, but but in Cosmos, you know, things can just happen quicker. You know, okay, let's do that. Okay, tomorrow it's done. So, so even if it's not perfect, even if it's not like the best it could be, but it's just quick and, and working. So so I like this uh, this ethos and this culture. So that's my answer. How about you, Karen? So I, I I have two things I'll touch on. Um, the first one is kind of the first principles of Cosmos. And then the second one is the decentralized governance aspect. So what do I mean by first principles? It goes something like this. You know, Cosmos has this title of the Internet of Blockchains. Um, and I think Cosmos, long before the rest of the, the other layer one ecosystems, kind of understood that modularity and seamless interoperability uh, between a bunch of different blockchains is how you're going to efficiently scale a broader ecosystem in a way where the individual sovereignty and incentives make sense. Um, and they, they've been, and that was the first principles approach. That was such a zoomed out stance. You have to remember that, you know, like three years ago, it was just these kind of monolithic blockchains with cosmos kind of building in the corner of this vision everyone's like oh what are they doing over there they're, they're, there's the the weird engineers over there building this like this they're they're too focused on the scale of it they're almost like too zoomed out too abstract and then you know ethereum suddenly encountered a throughput problem so then layer two roll-ups start to start to emerge because people need more speed more throughput and then suddenly there's a problem. All these layer two rollups on Ethereum, like how do they communicate to each other? How do they talk to each other? Why are they still paying rent to Ethereum if they're big enough now that they probably could just justify not paying <laughs> security and renting that out, right? So suddenly these layer two rollups, they're they're encountering all these friction, all these problems, and 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 what everyone is starting to turn to and realize is like, wait a second, like Cosmos had like this really clean principled approach to scaling the internet of, of blockchains and they built this beautiful open source toolkit that attracted you know certain developers that that kind of like understood the vision so then then like the mind share around cosmos has just been so ahead of the curve and it's and it's yielded such amazing creativity and that kind of that tinker philosophy i think exists here because you can do things here with ibc and cross-chain smart contracts and app chain development that you couldn't do anywhere else. So you're you're automatically going to draw a certain personality type that understands the inherent limitations that exist in other ecosystems that don't necessarily exist in Cosmos. The design space here is so massive and so huge. So that's one reason I love Cosmos. They, they just took a first principles approach to building and scaling the internet of blockchains. And I think it's history it, it will we'll, we'll, we'll tell that story. Um, the second piece is the is the community and, and the decentralized governance. Um, you know, I think in Ethereum, kind of like these these very large layer one ecosystems, people feel pretty helpless. Uh, I, I think like it's it's it, it's there's not like the proof of stake voting world there was much more later to the game, and, and it feels very cold. It feels like you have these large foundations, these large developers, and it's just, I think people don't feel like they have as, as much of a voice. Whereas in Cosmos, because they everything kind of starts with these small little app chains, they're proof of stake from day one out of the box. I, I think people people's voices are heard much more here. I think, I think the builders are more receptive to the community's voice. 
and 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 they have like a strong ability to influence the future of these of these individual chains and as a result the the broader ecosystem so i think the discourse is intense it's passionate the communities care and the developers care that the communities care and i and i think that's a beautiful level of entropy that probably won't last forever eventually it'll be pockets of it instead of everything but i think it's it's it has that open source early stage internet feel to it uh, and that's and that's so cool to be a part of that wow very very well said carter that was really inspiring yeah and before we conclude the episode do you have any parting words for our listeners here any call to actions I would just quickly say check out app.shapeprotocol.io and be sure to follow the Shape Protocol team on Twitter. Please join the community. We'd love to interact with you on Telegram and Discord uh, and get to know you. And then I'll let Alex, of course, talk about how you can get involved on in the broader secret network ecosystem. Yeah, so I would say, guys, uh, I, I would recommend reading up about confidential computing, about privacy, realizing what you are exposing to the world when you're using most of the blockchains out there. And then, you know, go to Secret Network website, follow us on Twitter and join our Telegram groups. Uh, there's a lot of discussion there. Uh, but to me, again, the main message is try to read up and realize how transparent and not confidential, not private, all the existing blockchain infrastructures are. And that would automatically bring you to be more interested and join and participate in what we're doing at Secret Network. Awesome. And with that, we've come to the end of FXCast. Thank you once again, Alex and Carter, for sharing your philosophy, your projects, and most importantly, you know, why we should keep doing what we're doing and why privacy is so important in this mission that we call crypto. Thank you. Have a nice day, everyone. Thank you so much. Motherfucker screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt. We rape and plunder the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets, dead ends dragging out the max amount of payment. Red down days, got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these token knocks They probing this bear, flexing broken knives I had to lay my soul down, I'm just roasting knives And then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic Never known the politic, I was born to frolic It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom Over impossible loss, it's all moss And I'm liking the odds, fondue in the morning Forming mycological bonds Flick the cap, yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lay Stacked in non-toxic just to get a better Play smacking on the hostage Like the shit is play for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybellines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the code and going full throttle Leats, tearing apart your communitility All these low-hanging fruits Bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach Coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts And send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release When I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got mother the fuck is drumming the streets yo we got a few dubs we got a couple defeats and if you're coming for the king you better have some of each motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in jersey what could be worse misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs i'll be numbing up first before discovering what works and we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt we rape and plunder the earth sit and wonder about the worth and play ring around the rosy while the thunder is served
Spaces. Spaces.